Hey, what's up, New Life Church? My name is Bronson Duke, and this is my wife, Callie, and we wanna welcome you to church online. Something that we've been saying for years around this church is welcome home. And so we wanna welcome you home to New Life Church. More accurately, you are welcoming us into your home, wherever you're at. Uh, and so it's a little bit different, but here's the truth. Y'all, the reason we say that at our church, our founding pastors, Rick and Michelle say that, is because y'all, we grow within the context of a healthy home. And here's the truth. You're gonna grow where you're at this morning because I believe and I know that Pastor Rick has got a word from God for you today. Uh, I think it's a timely word and it's a word for this season about dreams. And so get ready, because that's gonna be so good. But before we do that, we're gonna go into a time of worship. And if you're anything like Callie and I, you have a kid or two at the house. We've got one. Her name is Georgia. She's 11 months old. I keep saying she's eight months old, but she's actually 11 months it's old. It's true. It's true. That's right. We're about to enter into a time of worship. And parents, I just want to encourage you that even though this might not be a time of worship like what we normally expect on a Sunday because there's maybe a little bit of chaos going on around us, I just want to encourage you because what an amazing time in history to be able to show our kids and teach our families that worship can happen anywhere because Jesus is just waiting for a moment to encounter us and he can meet us in a Mess. Amen. Absolutely. I think so often with worship, we want it to feel right or we want it to go just right. But here's what God's looking for. God is looking for your faith. God is looking for your heart. And so if everything goes perfect this morning or if everything goes wrong, it's the intent that God is looking for. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Be active in the comments. Y'all, you're going to see friends in there. If you don't have any friends, maybe you could make some friends in the comments. What's up? Uh, you might meet Tyler Tarver in there. That guy. Uh, He'll be your friend. He'll be, he'll be your friend, I'll tell you that. And so jump in, so we're gonna worship, we're gonna hear a life-giving message from Pastor Rick Bazette. Also y'all, if you're wondering how you can give, you can give online, you can text to give, you can give in the app, or you can go online if you'd like to give through the mail, you can find the address to your campus right there. Y'all, we also love to pray. That's right. If you have a prayer request, you can text the word NEXT to 88000 because we want to know how we can be praying for you and we really want to connect with you. Amen. Absolutely. Also, jump in the comments, do that, but also get your hearts ready, get your hearts prepared because we're about to go into a time of worship. So let's celebrate and worship Jesus together. Yeah. 
Hey, New Life Church. Hello, Arkansas. My name is Rick Bazette. I'm one of the pastors at New Life Church. My wife and I helped start this church 19 years ago, and I've never seen a season like this. But I'm also not discouraged. It has a lot to do with how faithful everybody is, and man, I'm blessed to pastor with this congregation. I love how you're going to your, your campus by way of social media and many other means. People are staying faithful to their small groups. They're in the Word. They're giving. I'm encouraged right now. But I want to talk to you about a subject that can discourage people quickly. And recently, it got me. I want to talk to you about dreams. I've entitled this Dream Again. To me, in this season, it's an easy time to lose your dream. I know for a fact. It's also an easy time to get it back. I know that for a fact. So I'm gonna to talk to you through that lens by way of scripture. In Habakkuk chapter two, in verse two, it says in this translation, I might read another translation in a minute. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. The word vision in Hebrew, it's the word hauzon, and it literally means dreams, revelation, and vision. Are you dreaming dreams for the Lord right now? I personally am a visionary, which that means I dream a lot. I remember when I first got married, uh, Michelle would hear about my dreams, and it was scary for her because I was thinking out loud at all times, and I realized, wow, some of these dreams... I need to keep inside of my heart. But I've always been a dreamer. I love people who dream. And recently, I just want to be honest with you, I started losing my dream for, for this church. I, I had it right before COVID-19 hit. I had it more than any other time. 
I'd lost my voice. I had written down so many things that I wanted to see happen, and I couldn't wait to get it going. But when the virus hit, I started just dreaming about how it used to be instead of how I wanted it to be. Like COVID-19, representing a virus that started last year, that ended up being my vision. Like, man, I want to get it back to the way that it was last year. That's not a dream. As a pastor, I'll always try to hire people who love to dream. I love to hire people who hate status quo. I don't want people around me who are always thinking about how great it used to be. But yet, that's what I had become. And so I found myself in a real challenge recently. So I got with the Lord and I said, Lord, would you help me? And he brought me to this passage of scripture. And I want to read it from a different angle, if you don't mind. Again, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. And then God answered. That, that's always what you want. You want God to speak and answer. These people were crying out to the Lord. This is what the Lord said. He said, write this, write what you see. The word write is probably the most important thing I'll talk to you about right now. When is the last time you wrote down something that the Lord was showing you? Whether it's a verse or a hope for one of your children, maybe some way that you can be a better spouse, uh, maybe a way that you can be a better employee or employer, I don't know, but writing it down, let's talk about that a little bit. But it keeps going. Write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. I don't know if you've ever jogged before and you had your phone, you were trying to read a message while you're jogging. It's impossible to do unless it's big letters. Otherwise, you have to stop to read it. This is a season that we've had to stop. And I find because we have stopped, we can see better, but we don't have the big ideas right now, those big block letters. And, and I want to encourage you, let's not settle. Let's, let's just dream dreams for God. Question, what are you attempting to do in your life right now that if God doesn't help you with it, you will definitely fail? I found myself dreaming about how it used to be. Like, we already have been there. We already know how to do that. I don't want to go back to that place. I want to go to a place where the Lord is leading us. Our nation is never going to be the same. Your business is never going to be the same. Your family will never be the same. So if we try to go with the same vision, we're not going to end up where God wants us to be. Not too long ago, I was reading about CEOs and their so many different types of CEOs. So the study was about this. What do they all have in common? The great leaders. What do they have in common? And they narrowed it down just to one thing. It wasn't, they're not, they're not all extroverts. They're certainly not all introverts. They weren't all funny. Uh, they weren't all highly educated. They didn't all come from great families. The one thing that they all had in common is that they had a dream that was written down. Like they write down their goals, every one of them, without exception. Where did they get that idea? 
I actually don't know, but I know thousands of years ago that the scripture made it very clear for us to be that way. Recently, uh, I've been watching this last dance on ESPN with Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan, man, he is the man. Greatest basketball player has to be of all times. We can fight about that, but man, even if you don't agree with it verbally in your gut, you do. He was amazing. Why? Because he had a dream to be the greatest. And that's the reason why he liked the last shot. Because if you're dreaming big, you want the ball. When you're not dreaming, you want to push it away. This is what the scripture is asking for us to do, to dream again, to bring it in. Look what the scripture says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. Then it will come about at a latter time that I will pour out my spirit on every person. If you're in a living room or wherever you are right now, if you are one of every person, would you raise your hand? My hand's up, so this is for you. And then it gets real specific. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your elderly people will dream dreams and your young people will see visions. Uh, this is not much different. The dreams and the visions here, there are two different words, but they're very, very similar. Basically saying every man and woman, young and old, can see again if they connect with the Lord. And in fact, if you're older, you may think, wow, my life is wasting away. But I was reading Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC until he was 65 years of age. IBM was started by Charles Randlett at 61 years of age. Home Depot founded by Bernie Marcus at 50 years of age. E-Trade was started by a guy named Bill Percher, uh, and he was 54 years of age. To me, it's dangerous when you're young or old without a dream, but very healthy to have a dream. Are you dreaming dreams right now for the Lord? I remember uh, reading about this couple. They had been married for 40 years and they were driving in a truck. And the lady moved over and sat right by him in the pickup truck. And she looked at him and she said, I remember when we used to sit together when we first got married like this when we would drive down the road. I remember that. And he looked at her and he said, who moved? I find that this is exactly what it's like What about, about dreams, when you're thinking about dreams. Like God didn't move. He's right there to tell us what to write, but we moved. It's your move. He didn't say, I will write and give it to you. It's for you to write it down and make it plain. It's your move. So in order to inject faith inside of all of us, I thought it would be clever and wise for us to sing a song with big vision. And I love this song. It's by Hillsong. It's called So Will I. And man, it just has a way of moving me to see the enormity of God and how if he speaks to me, I could change the world. Let's worship God with faith in mind.
Okay, that worship song, there's really not a better written worship song that I've seen. If you know one, please let me know right there in the chat area because I want to know about it. I need to know about it because I love songs that stretch my faith, especially when I'm trying to dream again. So oftentimes when you think about dreaming, it has a lot to do with sight, there's this guy in the Bible, his name is Blind Bartimaeus. Say that with me, Blind Bartimaeus, which suggests two things. First of all, his name was Bartimaeus. Secondly, he was blind. This is very important to understand. You'll catch that in a minute. But this guy, he was sitting on the side of a road and he heard Jesus was coming. So he started yelling, Son of David! Have mercy on me, just yelling. Well, he was a nuisance to a lot of people. So they were just telling him to be quiet, literally, in the Greek, telling him to shut up. But the Bible says that he was yelling even more because he had a dream. 
that only God could fulfill. And the Bible says that Jesus heard him, saw him, and stopped and went over to blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus looked at him and said, Sir, what do you want me to do for you? This has always surprised me because I think a lot of people had to be wondering why Jesus was was asking, what does this blind man want? Like, is Jesus tired? Can't he see that this guy is blind? We all see it. Jesus saw it too, trust me. Well, then why did he ask? I'll tell you. Because he loves to hear what we're dreaming about. When is the last time you articulated a dream to him? When is the last time you called to him? And maybe others were just saying, hey, you need to chill out on your worship to God or your effort to God. But you yelled all the more. I love to be around people who just have such a dream, whether it be at work or in their home. If you ever tell them, hey, I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's like, let me just tell you one more time because it's real inside of them. That's what was happening in this blind man. So my question to you is, when is the last time you, you, you yelled or called out to the Lord with some dream that was inside of your heart? So this man said, I want to be able to see. And Jesus called it faith. Why? Because he said it, like speaking it. More specifically, writing it down. Also, I uh, love the fact that when you do call out to him, that he's ready to hear. This last week, when I was saying, Lord, all I can see is 2019. I can't see 2020. It's the year of vision, but I don't have any vision right now, Lord. Please help me. And I felt like the Lord said to me, although I didn't hear an audible voice, I just, I think he'll say this to you as well. You'll sense it. I felt like he was saying, Rick, what do you want? Because I was praying at the time about the church, about pastoring you. What do you want? And I said, Lord, I, I want a church that is full of your spirit and people see miraculous things. Like I want our church to be a healing place, a place of second chances, a place of restoration. And when I started sharing that, that that's what I wanted, it, it just became my dream. So I know we're in a difficult time right now, and I still see it for the way that it is. But I got my dream back, and it's a different walk. It's a different step. So if you were to tell me, come on, Rick, I'm tired of hearing about it, I would say, no, let me just tell you one more time, because I love it when I have my dream game on. But those that are listening to me right now, there's several different types of people. We have some that are listening, and you have a dream, but it's what I call a backwards dream. Like I was speaking about earlier, COVID-19 coming from 2019, that's your dream. Like, I just want to go back to the way that it used to be. That's backwards dreams. Uh, my wife, and I've joked around about this many times at church, but she's a good driver and very smart. 
but she doesn't use the mirrors in her car. She never really has. So I've been in her car before where you could see like your, your feet in her rearview mirror. So I joked around when we first got married. I said, you should use those mirrors. You know, they go with the car. You could use them. She, she said, no, I don't need them. I'm not driving that way. I'm driving that way. That's a terrible driving strategy. Don't drive like that. But I'll tell you one thing. That's a great kingdom strategy. For you not to look back like that's not your, what you're dreaming about. I don't want to go back there. Paul said, the one thing that I do is stop looking back. The Bible even says that you're not going to fit well into the kingdom of God if you are looking back. The Israelites, they got out of Egypt. They had a promised land, but they kept wanting to go back to Egypt. Why? Because they lost their dream. When you lose your dream, you forget what it was like. They, they no longer could hear the sounds of the whips. They couldn't see the pain and the agony. They couldn't remember what it was like not to hear from God because they lost their dream. Forty years of just trying to figure out what is next. I get it. I've lived there. Do you have a dream? If you do have a dream, is it a backwards dream? Uh, there, it's frustrating, and then it's also boring, and then there's a lot of regret. Second type of person that's listening now is those with a dream, but it's a pitiful dream. Like, it's not, it's, it's not a very powerful dream. Uh, when I think about a pitiful dream, I think about the disciples. Here they were, dreaming dreams for three years. Could you, you couldn't get any higher than that. Like, we're with the Messiah. We know the truth. And when he died, their dreams turned to pitiful dreams. All they did was just lock themselves inside, and they were trying to make it through another day alive. It was pitiful. Well, something changed. We know at Pentecost, it all changed for them. They started dreaming again. You could see their countenance was huge with Christ, then discouraged without him, and when they had him back, man, the Lord's ready to give you your dream back. But some of you have a pitiful dream right now. The third type person is those with the wrong dream. A biblical person that reminds me of this is Samson. Uh, Samson was called by God, he was set apart, but man, he had a, he had a weakness. It was women. And he just could not get past that. So he had the wrong dream. He still had big dreams, but the wrong dreams with the wrong people in the wrong place doing the wrong things. You, you can see this with the church of Ephesus. They were with the Lord and they lost their dream. They were in the wrong place. And then we have some who have God's dream. I'm going to tell you right now, if I look back at my life, my relationship with the Lord since 1981 when I gave my heart fully to Him, I've had some tough years. But they all seem to, to go together with, with my dreams. And, and when I would lose my dream, like I have again recently, it's always somebody else who helps point it out. And that's what I'm trying to do for you right now. One time a few years ago, Michelle lost her keys, and she said, Rick, I've looked everywhere for these keys, everywhere. She's always the one who tells me where things are. 
So I was shocked that she couldn't find her keys. So I said, I'll help you. And so I went and opened her car door, and there her keys were sitting right there on the seat, like right there. I said, Michelle, right here. She, she goes, that can't be where they are. I've looked everywhere. I said, babe, this is exactly where they were. It's like her eyes were not enough. She needed some help. That's what I'm trying to do with you right now. I'm just trying to remind you that some of you, you haven't dreamt a dream for God in a long time. So I'm asking you to dream for God again. Dream dreams for God again. In fact, we're going to worship together right now. And as we're doing so, I just want you to, to close your eyes. Maybe you want to get on your knees right there in your living room or I don't care how you do it. But first, let's admit to the Lord that we're a little weary right now, that we're not dreaming dreams for Him right now. And let Him speak to you, because this could be a great year. I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. I don't know what will happen in the next few weeks. I don't know what's going to happen over the summer, the school year coming up. There's a lot of questions I have. I can't figure it all out. But you know what? I'm at peace. Not because I prayed for peace. I prayed for a dream in this season. And I got it. And it gave me the peace that I need. And that's what I want for you. Let's get it and worship together. Yeah. 
I don't feel it, you work it. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you work it. Even when I don't feel it, you work it. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. I know we're not worshiping like we usually do in a church building, but we're still worshiping, and I love it. He is a way maker, a miracle worker. In fact, some of you, as you were praying about what you should dream about, the Lord showed you you need to dream about your relationship with God, like you need to give your heart to Him. Some of you, you remember doing that years ago, maybe at a church. Maybe at a Billy Graham crusade. It could have been at a retreat. I don't know. But you gave your heart to the Lord and you served him wholeheartedly. But something happened. Paul said it this way, you were running the race and someone else cut in on you and kept you from following after truth. Like what happened? No, it really doesn't matter. You can get him back today. Pastors call this rededicating your life to the Lord. And then some of you, you've never given your heart to the Lord. You have no idea what it's like to be forgiven by Him. You don't really know what the power of the cross is about and how He gave His life up so, so we could be redeemed, like He traded places with us. He was without sin. We're major sinners. And He flips that, that transition. He trades places with us where we become innocent because of the price that he paid so we could have a relationship with him. It's an incredible story of the gospel. It's called born again. Jesus told Nicodemus that one time late at night. And, and so he takes out your old heart and he gives you a new heart. And if either one of those are you, I wanna pray for you. We always give people a chance to find Christ at every church service. And let's pray about that right now. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's at the sound of my voice, those who understand that something's wrong. They're just not right in their soul. And I thank you, Lord God, that you hear the call, the cry of a sinner. And Lord, we repent of our sin. And we turn toward you. We don't have a lot of confidence to, to do that unless we understand the power of your name and the power of the blood that was shed on that old rugged cross. 
And I thank you, Lord God, for forgiving people in, in our families, in our communities, in our state, those that might be listening for other, from other places around the world. So forgive us of our sins, Lord. And I pray from here on out for the rest of our lives that we're going to serve you with all of our heart, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love praying for people to give their heart to the Lord. There's a pastor on our staff. His name is Johnny. And he just called me this afternoon as I was driving here telling me about a man who was completely lost. And in fact, he was giving me the details of it. And this guy was just like crying out to the Lord. And he said, I'm going to come back to church when the, when the church opens back up. And of course, Johnny was trying to guide him on how we're still having church now. And there's nothing better than seeing somebody come back to the Lord. Sometimes, though, you have to serve people before they're open. If they're hungry... They don't want to hear about Jesus. They want some food, and then they'll listen. If they're hurting, they want somebody who loves them, and then they'll listen to what Jesus is all about. And I just want to remind you that this is consistent from Christ. He said, you feed them, you're there for them, you clothe them. And I want to thank you for being faithful uh, to the church and to the needs of people across our state during this season. People have been serving, people have been giving, and they're not blinking, man. They're just doing it, and I want to thank you for that. Some are texting to give, uh, some are giving online. People are finding ways to give, and I know that that comes from the heart of Christ. So let me update you uh, by way of this video on what's happening across Arkansas. Hey church, we wanted to give you guys just a couple updates of things that have been happening through your generosity and through your giving. Y'all, something that we believe is that generosity liberates the human heart and it betters the world around us. I wanna give you some numbers, I wanna give you some stats about things that have been happening all around the state because of your generosity and your giving. Y'all, we have been able to feed 330,112 meals to 94,373 people through $610,100 in gifts in kind. Y'all, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, when I hear big numbers like that, it's almost like it gets overwhelming. But I wanna read a scripture to you. Look at this in Psalm 36, five, six, and seven in the message paraphrase. This is what it says. It says, God's love is meteoric, his loyalty astronomic, his purpose titanic, his verdicts oceanic, yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the cracks. I wanna share a story with you of some things that have happened just at our campus. You know, there's a family at our church and both members of the household lost their jobs and they got unemployment, but to be honest, it wasn't covering all the needs within the house. You know, we've been able to give them over 20 pounds of chicken. We've been able to get together and pray with them through phone calls. And you know, we've been able to stand in the gap with that family, y'all. That is what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to do. And that's what we've been able to do through your generosity and through partnership with the Dream Center, y'all. They, they serve 1,500 kids a day, y'all. They're doing tutoring programs. All kind of amazing things are happening at Dream Centers and churches all along the state. But here's the truth. Yo, we are not the only church. We're not the best church. Pastor Rick has always said that. Yo, we're in partnership with other churches. We're on the phone with them all throughout the week sharing resources and ideas. And y'all, it's amazing to see the church of Jesus 
come together. And this weekend, we're gonna pray for one of my friends. His name's Drew Klein, and his church is called South City Church in Southwest Little Rock. And I wanna cover him in prayer and pray over your offering. So let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you came for us. God, we thank you that you came to set up your church. And God, we thank you for South City Church and Pastor Drew Klein. God, we pray over the finances of that church. God, we pray over the outreach and the mission of that church. And God, that they would continue to thrive and flourish in Southwest Little Rock. And God, I thank you for the giving that's coming in. God, I thank you that you're gonna multiply it. God, we thank you that our giving in your hands can always be multiplied five, 10, and 100 times. And God, we pray that that's exactly what would happen. So Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and we worship you with our giving. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now let's give together. Anytime I hear a story, anytime I get an update on what's happening through New Life Church, I'm encouraged. One of my favorite things that we're doing every weekend, though, is the way that we close out the service I believe we'll do this when we all come back together in a building as well. And that is, I'm praying a prayer of blessing over everyone in this season. So right where you are, if you don't mind, let's just go ahead and, and agree together. Maybe you could close your eyes. Maybe you could just open your hands before the Lord. And I'm going to lead us now. Lord, I thank you for everyone at the sound of my voice. Lord, I do not know what they are going through. I don't know their story but you do. And I thank you, Lord God, that your hand is with us. We don't have to be frightened. We don't have to be insecure. We don't have to worry about the future, for you are there for us. Lord, I thank you that your face is not hidden from us, but that you listen to us. You're giving us a heart of compassion. You're giving us a heart with a dream. And Lord, I just thank you that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath. When we walk into a room, that we walk in with you. Lord, I thank you that you're giving us ideas and inventions and creative ways. You're a creator God. I thank you, Lord God, that we're not shrinking back. Thank you that we have the authority of your name. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, your spirit raises up a standard against it. We walk in that confidence. And Lord, I ask that you are with us all week long. We thank you for every campus, the way that they're teaching the word. We're hungry for your word. So be with us, oh God. Give us your joy. Give us your boldness. Give us encouragement as we serve you every day of our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, New Life Church.